used to love this song back when I was growing up because my mom would always play this song sometimes every Sunday morning and sometimes it would it would show up on BET because you know they had the BET uh, gospel thing little thing going on with uh, Bobby Jones oh the memories but <laughs> anyways what's good everybody thank you for tuning in to the Omnius podcast as you see with the title today we're going to be dealing with a lot dealing with self and this all surrounds self-improvement and being the best you possible and we're going to surround this topic with a lot of uh, things, a lot of subtopics within this whole title concerning healing yourself. So the topic today is heal thyself to become God, G-O-D. And dealing with this acronym, we're not dealing with just the being, but we're also dealing with the demonstration, setting the example, becoming generator, operator, and destroyer, and uh, what I like to personally say, uh, the director of your life. So we're going to be done with that at hand, but make sure that you share this podcast with other people. Make sure that you, uh, you know, uh, become interactive with the poll below, uh, the question that I have for people. Uh, make sure you vote there. Make sure you follow me on YouTube. If you don't follow me on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my content there. Um, if you are, uh, knowing me from YouTube and you don't know me on Instagram or you know me from Twitter, you know me from Instagram, or you know me from Instagram, you know me from Twitter, follow me on both platforms, Twitter and Instagram at the Omniest Rome. All right. But let's get into the basis of the topic at hand, shall we? So first and foremost, I want to start off with talking about Hinduism. And for the past couple of years, I've been slowly learning more and more about Hinduism I have a personal interest and fascination for the religion of Hinduism because I never grew up learning about Hinduism. You know, growing up in a Christian household, I considered every religion to be false or to lead you astray from what other people call the Most High, what I called um, God, the Lord of Hosts, or whatever the case is, or from Jesus Christ. What I didn't understand is is that every religion and every spiritual system, you know, when you narrow it down to what they teach and what they practice, it all deals with the same truth. And there's a saying in the Vedas that the truth is one, but the wise express it in a variety of ways. And this is what influenced me to become what I what I am now as the Omnius Rome. Because now I am able to study truth within every angle. I'm able to uh, identify and utilize truth despite however it masks or masquerades itself. Um, however it's disguised. However people um, express truth. I'm able to eat the fish and spit out the bones. I'm able to take whatever I need in order to move on in life and, and process that and, and let it marinate within myself in order to become the best me possible so when it concerns omniism and and it concerns this whole dynamic of studying truth this all leads back to you studying that you are God manifested in the flesh and now when you're dealing with this dynamic of you being God in the flesh a lot of people 
and and this is most religious people look for God outside of themselves. That's why they always want to go on this pilgrimage. They think a certain place is the most holiest place, and this is where you're gonna feel the closest presence of God. People go to church to try and feel the presence of God. People go to the mosque and, and they go to the synagogues. And this is no disrespect to those people who practice um, this 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 consistent and daily lifestyle of going to church, going to the synagogues, going to the mosque, going to temples and, and holy places in order to get in a uh, connection with their God or what they think is God. But we're going to deal with the dynamic of that feeling. We're going to deal with the dynamic of these powers and, and, and are they real and, and you know the things that you've experienced and you thought you heard the voice of God and all this type of stuff we're going to deal with all that in this podcast but I, I want to deal with a uh, one of my favorite quotes in the Vedas and I, I still want to study I want to I want to read more of the Vedas um, but I, I see passages passages here and there um, from places on Google and Pinterest and other places but there's just one quote when I was studying uh, the Vedas and, and Hinduism um, when I began to discover Omniism and there's this quote that says those who know Brahma become Brahma I'm going to say it again those who know Brahma becomes Brahma if you don't know what Brahma is according to the Hindu philosophy Brahma is the infinite reality, the infinite truth, all within all. Basically, Brahma is another name for what we will say God. Brahma is the demonstration of the Most High. Brahma has no form. Brahma has no face. Brahma has no being. But yet, Brahma is within all. Brahma is within every every form of of uh every every form or being within nature so brahma is all within all and so when you understand brahma then you understand brahman brahman and in ironically when you look at the word brahma right or or even brahman if you play with the words brahma and abraham are the same word they're just spelled differently Abraham is considered the father of nations, the father of the Jews. Brahma is considered the the first deva or the first uh god to to be uh in existence, to to be you know what is what it is in the Hindu philosophy or the Hindu spiritual system. So you see connections here, right? And there are many connections throughout many spiritual systems, but people like to say that, oh, this is one thing and this is another thing. But even when you study music, when you study colors, you know, you have dynamics of, of similarities within everything. There is no just one way or, or one path. There's always another way. So when dealing with Brahma, Brahma is another uh, way of saying God. It's another way of talking about the supreme essence. Brahman is the representation of the supreme self that is dealing with who you are. That deals with your soul, the Atman. Um, the Atman in the Hindu philosophy uh, is a representation of self or your soul. 
And so when you're dealing with Atman and Brahman, these are, are names, terms, titles uh, that are used to represent the God within yourself. So when dealing with Brahman and, and dealing with for those who were raised up in Christian households, if you change the word Brahman or Brahma and, and put God there, those who know God become God. And how do you know God? By knowing yourself. That is the only way you get to know God. The comedic people say, know thyself, and you shall then know the gods. They also say the kingdom of the, the kingdom of heaven is within you, and those who know themselves shall find it. Jesus tells the Pharisees, The kingdom of heaven is not to come. The kingdom of heaven is, is not up in the sky or in the ocean. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Again, we have another similarity here. So when you understand the basis of what it means to know God, then you will also understand your true nature and who you are. Because you must understand that God is, is not somewhere looking down upon you. <laughs> You don't have to go into your closet to try and pray to God. No, you are the walk-in manifestation of God. You, Your very essence, your conscience, who you are, you are God. You are generator, operator, and destroyer. You create, you destroy. You bring life and you bring death. You bring blessings and curses. You control that in your life. Now, of course, there are certain there are certain scenarios where we can't control how we were raised. We can't control how we were born. We can't control what family we was brought up in. But we have the ability and we have the power to change that. And that was that that right there is what makes us God. That's what makes us generator, operator, and destroyer. Or in other cases, the director. You bring in uh, direction to your life. You not letting your ego and your lust, <clears throat> excuse me, you not bringing your ego and your lust and your desires in front of you, not letting the things that which are what seem to be lowly um, or, or, or lustly or, or carnal, not letting those things get the best of you. And you also must understand that just because you get rid of uh, the old self. As it talks about in the book of Romans. Just because that you. Uh, that you are to rebuke. Or uh, cast away your desires and your ego. Doesn't mean that you. Uh, that you crucify them. Right. I know it says in the Bible for you to crucify your flesh. And, and follow after the spirit. But when Jesus told Peter. Get thee behind me Satan. He didn't cast out. Satan, right? You see many times in the Bible where it talks about where Jesus casted out demons all the time, so right, right? But that scenario is completely different from when Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. If you study uh, one of the hieroglyphs in Egypt, you get Set Haru. And Set Haru is the demonstration of your higher self and your lower self. And when Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, this is a clear demonstration of set Haru or Haru set. This is dealing with 
bringing direction to darkness. Everybody has darkness. Everybody has a lower self. Everybody has their secrets. Everybody has uh, their hidden potentials. Every, everybody has something about them that makes them stand out. And so they want to put that in the dark. They want to put that. They want to put that away. And even when dealing with dark energy, dark matter, dark, all, all that right there is how you create. That's how you process things. You know, I'm, I'm going to get a little, a little, uh, I won't say perverted, but a little explicit. But, but when you come, <laughs> when you have sex, when you get intimate, when you go to sleep, you know, sometimes when you, when you have that food, when you, and when you're trying to think of something, you, you close your eyes, you, you, you go back to darkness in order to come back to the light. You come back in darkness in order to bring that which you have found within darkness to the light. I heard this one saying, and I was I was I, I forgot what show it was from. Um, oh, it was it was the show of Furia, the show that I'm watching on Netflix, Furia, and this woman said that you must enter into the tunnel to find the light, and that and, and that's something that I've been saying for the past almost two years now that you must. You must obtain darkness. You must embrace darkness in order to find the light, in order to obtain the light. You can't be too much into the light because you're going to go blind. And you can't be too much into darkness because then you're going to become ignorant. And you're going to go blind as well. You can't see when there's no light. And you can't see when there's too much light. So you must find a balance. You must find a middle ground. There's people who walk the right-hand path and there's people who walk... Who walk the left hand path. And some people who walk the, the right hand path. Have to walk the left hand path. In order to find that balance. And those who, who walk the left hand path. Must walk, uh, walk the right hand path. In order to find a middle ground. So that they can walk the middle path. That's the narrow way. Right. When it talks about in the Bible. Narrow is the path to the kingdom. The narrow path is, is in between. The narrow path is, is the middle passage. So when you come to the understanding of the left hand path, the right hand path, good and evil, light and dark, all of this is one in one. All of this is all in all. It's, it's one in the same. Yin and yang. It's what you utilize and what you do with it in which you become your best self or your worst self. Some people aren't able to control their desires and they let it get the, to the best of them. And because they get out of control with these desires, they call these 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 acts that they do when they feel like that they have missed the mark and they feel like that they have let themselves down. They call that sin. So then they put boundaries on on themselves. Don't drink. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because then you are going to commit this type of sin or you're going to have these type of consequences. But be good to others. Be sober. Have self-control. Be of one mind. Don't be double-minded. That's the right-hand path. That's that's what benefits you. That's what it seems to have to to what benefits you. And so you must find a common ground be, between these things. And that's that's all that it is. Sin isn't something bad. Sin essentially or originally uh, dealt with the mother goddess, because. Uh, for for us who were, um, you know, if, if we paid attention to some extent in 
uh, school. <laughs> uh, we had what what was called the the sin energy, the sign energy from the moon, dealing with the ties and stuff. So when dealing with sin and to be sinister, always dealt with the feminine, always dealt with darkness. And another aspect, sin also deals deals with the eternal self, the internal. Sin, internal, sex, external. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that for another time for another day. But <laughs> uh, getting back to the topic at hand, all of this, every spiritual pathway, every spiritual journey um, is just a demonstration or a, uh, it's an expression of how to tap into your higher self. Everything from Taoism, Confucianism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. There's always an esoteric and an exoteric aspect to these things. And so you must you must study the esoteric in order to know God. The exoteric tells you how to worship God. How to admire God. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, the three little pigs, you know, in, in Little Red Riding Hood and these stories, you know, you admire them, you know, you know them. The esoteric teaches you the lesson behind it. And what Christianity and what the, the church has done is that they have uh, historicalized the Bible to take away the value of these stories. Jesus wasn't real. Abraham wasn't real. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel aren't real. Ab Matter of fact, let's just go all the way back from the beginning so we won't even have to name anything. Adam and Eve did not exist there. <laughs> let's just, I ain't got to tell you Jeremiah and Jonah and all them didn't exist. Let's just go back from the beginning because if we, if we can say without a shadow of a doubt that Adam and Eve didn't exist, then nobody else after them that came from them didn't exist. So because Adam and Eve didn't exist, all these characters that you see in the Bible did not exist. They're not meant to be taken. These stories aren't meant to be taken literally. These stories are representations of, of your higher self, your lower self, traveling through the hero's journey to become your best self. All of these, these, these stories are dealing with the dynamic of you reaching enlightenment. You tapping into your higher self. Jesus, the, the, the story of Jesus where Jesus will always be telling uh, telling his disciples and the people, he will always talk to them in a parable and in a riddle. The Bible is just a book of allegories and stories. It's a book of allegories and analogies that are not meant to be taken literally. You can literally look up and you can do this for yourself. You can Google the Temple of Solomon. And you will see the body of man. The temples. Many many of these temples that you see out and about. Especially the ancient temples. Are based upon the human body. Most if not all spiritualities. And, and all mythologies. Surround the human body. The vessel. Because your body is sacred. It tells you in the book of. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 that your body is the temple of God it tells you in the book of Acts that the temple of God or the house of God is not made by man's hands 
Your body is sacred. But there are so many people that will tell you that your body isn't sacred. Especially for us as nine ether beings. We are the exact replication. We are the exact blueprint of the universe. And nobody can take that away from us. We are the original people. We were here first and we will be here last. That's the way that life is and that's how life will continue. We are Alpha and Omega. We are the nine ether be uh, the, the nine ether beings of this world. Nine being the highest level and the highest number. That's not hate. That's not being racist. That's the order of life. That's nature. Same thing. You look in the animal kingdom. There's a there's there's a a level of uh, animals that are higher than other people, uh, other animals. <laughs> there there's always going to be a hierarchy within nature. That's just the order of life itself. But just because I'm nine ether. And if somebody else is, is 8 ether or somebody else is 7 ether and somebody else is 6 ether does not mean that I I should uh, uh, be arrogant or fronted off and, and look at other people as lesser than. That's not what you're supposed to do when you're uh, of a person of a status. You're, you're, you're able to communicate and to negotiate and to converse with people of all walks of life. But one thing's for sure, never deny yourself in order to be accepted by these other people. Never deny your nine ether uh, essence. Never deny your identity, your blackness, and who you are in order to be accepted by other people. And that's where we fell off. But again, savor that topic for another time for another day. Going back to the original topic, <laughs> once again, uh, <laughs> dealing with God, the only way that you can become your highest potential is for you to know God, and to know God is to know yourself, and to know yourself is to know God. Some people don't know who or what God is. Some people see God as a white man. Some people see God as a black man. But you are supposed to see God when you look in the mirror because like I said before you are God manifested in the flesh you are the the literal walking manifestation of God God dwells within everyone and everything you are the walking manifestation of God like you for you to have the conscience that you have for you to look in the mirror for you to do this and that you are the walking manifestation you are the walking operation of God and so with that you have to also understand that when these people talk about oh I prayed to God and, and he did this for me and I prayed to God and he did that for me and even outside of that you have people who practice voodoo people who practice hoodoo people who practice root and, and ifa and you will see the impossible become possible. You will see shape-shifting. You will see all type of stuff going on. And you will think that it's outside forces that are interacting with them. But I have a theory. I don't think they're interacting with outside forces. I think that they are interacting 
with themselves. I think that they are projecting power that they don't know that they have. And that these these spiritual systems are tools that were utilized and put together in order for them to bring out the power that was within them. To project the light that is within them. And because of their projection of this light and this power, they have given that power a name and a face and a being. That's why we have the Netters. That's why we have the Orishas. That's why we have the, the Greek uh, God Pantheon and the Egyptian God Pantheon and the Norse God Pantheon. And so on and so forth. But if you look at the anatomy of the body and you compare it and you put it neck and neck. Put it side by side with the Orishas. You can literally, and I'm not even lying. You can literally name every Orisha with the organs of your body. With every fiber of your being, you can name each Orisha. Because these netters, these Orishas, these 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 gods and goddesses from whatever mythology, from whatever system, are just representations of the power within you. And so once you call upon a certain god, you're calling upon a power that is within you. You just give it a name and a face. I find it very interesting because... Going back to Hindu and going back to, to the Buddha, um, when you study Vishnu, there's a painting of Vishnu, and I believe the painting is, is called The Soul Man. Uh, don't, don't take my word for it, but there's a painting of Vishnu, and I believe the painting is called, oh no, no, it's not, it's not The Soul Man, it's The Cosmic Man. And when you look at this painting, is is this this big man who's in blue, but you see little people in his body. There's other there's other paintings in in Hindu, uh, with the Hindu, and it looks like there's a whole world within them, and that's how I see when when we. When you have these people that bring out these powers. That's what I think is happening. I think we we have a universe within ourselves. Because you have to you have to think of it like if we are just one speck of the power that created the whole universe, and that when we leave this earth and when this body fades away, that that our speck goes back to the to the cosmic uh, to the cosmic source, the supreme source, the, the most high, whatever the case is, we have to come to some realization that that power that created the whole universe dwells within us. And if that's the case, then when we dream, people think that we, we drift off to different galaxies and different universes. And that may be so. But what if we don't drift off to different galaxies, we just enter back into ourselves? What if the worlds that we go to are just within us? So my theory is that when you see these people and they create these altars and they do these rituals and, and they, they pray and they do these enchantments and stuff like that, they think that they're calling upon a certain power. They think they're calling upon a certain deity. 
But these powers are just within us and we're just projecting that power. And that's why it's so important with the media that they push so many agendas so that all the people can get on one accord, at least the masses, because we hold the power. You ever heard that saying power to the people, power to the people. There's something mystical about that because we do hold the power. And a lot of people feel like we don't hold the power because we don't have this and we don't got that. We ain't got the money. We ain't got the sources. But if they control your mind, they control everything. A quote from, from Dr. Ben Yosef, um, Dr. Yosef Ben Yakiman. He said the greatest form of slavery is, is not when there's chains on your hands. And I'm paraphrasing. But it's when chains on the mind. He said that the greatest form of slavery is not when there's chains on your hands. It's when there's chains on the mind. Because think about it. When you're out and about. And you think a certain way and you act a certain way. They already controlling you. <laughs> if they control how you think. If they control your thoughts, they don't have to hold you down and chain you up and, and place you somewhere. All they got to do is, is, is have you turn on your TV and they put something in front of you to program you. It's like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> These people are puppet masters. These, the, the elites, they're puppet masters. And you're playing along with their game. You, on the other hand, have to learn how to play the game. Because you alone and a few other people, you can't take down the system. It's like with, with, with consoles. In order for you to beat the game, you have to what? Play the game. <laughs> any game on any console. In order for you to beat the game, you have to play the game. You might have to get some little cheat codes here and there, whatever the case is. But in order for you to beat the game... You essentially have to play the game. That's another theory of mine. I feel like when you play these video games, GTA and all these other type of stuff, that they're just projections of what we do in our very everyday life. That we play a game, that we have to, you know, check in, sign in, all this other type of stuff. Play, pay this and, and go here and go there. We play a game. You can either take control of that game and come up on top. Or you can just live like everybody else and follow the masses. So with all of that being said, let's narrow down to or let's let's transcend or shift our topic and basis to healing. Because you can't become God until you first deal with self. And a lot of people, they want to deal with becoming God. They want to deal with all this knowledge and information. But they don't know how to utilize these tools. They don't know how to utilize the, the, the elements of these, these very things. So when it comes to healing, somebody might, might ask, how do I heal? Spiritually. You heal inwardly and spiritually with shadow work. And shadow work is nothing mystical, mysterious. It's not like you got a, 
uh, be in some pentagram circle and, and light up candles and shit. Like <laughs> shadow work is just simply a mystical term for self work, therapy, if you will. Is is when you begin to renew the mind. And so once you process the things that you know within your mind, once you begin to accept the things that you continuously condemn yourself for or you can't forgive yourself for, once you begin to embrace those things that you try to uh, shift away and cast away and that you try to uh, dig down and, and, and bury, once you accept those things, that is when you begin to heal. That is when you begin to become your best and true self. But if you can't accept the things that has either happened to you or things that you have done or things that you feel like are, are insecure about you or things that you feel like uh, will make you uh, different from other people or lesser than. You can't become God. Because that, that's that's something that's hindering you, that's going to hold you back from becoming your best self. You have to first accept the things and and believe me, I'm not saying this like it's easy. <laughs> uh, with me, I was a shucking and jiving Negro. There are things that I have done back in high school and in middle school even that if it was to, to resurface, y'all would be looking at me funny like, what in the hell was you on, Tyrone? What what what, what is this about about the 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 wrecking ball and 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 you let white people t talk you into doing that and listen <laughs> when when I first woke up when I entered my first uh, first stage of consciousness in my pro black phase I deleted everything when I uh, from from back in high school um I saved some of the stuff when I did my my little comedy stuff when I was Thai comedy but everything else I deleted. I yeeted all that stuff. I shipped all that stuff away. Anybody else who may have those videos or people who may have been uh, in that circle or saved those videos and, and somewhere deep down they, they just have it in their archives, whatever the case is. But other than that, I deleted everything. I deleted all that. I did not even want to even remember or even have thought of the things that I did. Uh, when I was that shucking and jiving Negro trying to please and, and cater to the feelings and emotions of white people. It was it was ridiculous. And and part of that, that growth and that process of becoming God is, is that you have to accept the shame. You have to accept that condemnation. You have to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I let that happen. But I'm a better person now. I learned from that. And I know that if it happens to me again, I know how to handle that situation again. You ever have things that you did in the past and they just pop up in your head and just, you know, these things just randomly pop up in your head and then it, it, it tries to ruin your mood. Oh, yeah, you remember that one person? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't talk to that person. Oh, you remember that other person? Yeah, you did that person wrong. You, you should have went around this way, but now... You ain't never going to see that person again. They never going and you have to confront that. You have to look in the mirror even if you have to look in the mirror. <laughs> but you have to confront those those things and, and be like, "Yeah. I treated that person like shit. Yeah, I I shouldn't have said what I said about that person. Yeah, that person cut me off cuz I did that, but I'm a better person now. I'm not what I used to be. 
yeah, that person may may see me a certain type of way and they never want to talk to me, but that's okay. Because now I have grown from that and I've learned from that and I'm going to treat the next person 10 times better than when I treated that last person. It may even come down to trauma where you know, you was raised up in a in a certain household that was dysfunctional. You know, you have trauma from from certain things that has either happened in the household or has happened to you. Maybe you was touched. Maybe somebody, uh, you know, treated you a certain type of way. Maybe you was abused. Whatever the case is, you have to learn to confront those things. And in the hero's journey, there's always the twelve labors of Heracles. There's always going to be a task, a mission that you must uh, fulfill in order to become that which you were made to be, to become the hero of your journey, to come out on top. You know, Arthur had to slay the dragon. <laughs> you know? And, and so with all this being said, you must understand that you have to slay your dragon. You have to first... And, 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 before, and after slaying the dragon, you must then embrace the dragon. That might sound weird to you, but... Like, what, what, I'm going to slay the dragon then embrace the dragon? Yes, because that dragon... Help you become the person that you are today, whether it, it was bad, terrible, or, and and I'm not saying for you to thank the most high or thank the universe or 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 be happy that certain things have happened to you or certain things uh, were done to you or certain things, you know, the the trauma and the things that have happened. But what I'm saying is is that those things that have happened in your life, those events that occurred in your life, made you the person that you are today. I was reading up on Mary Madeline and it was talking about that if Mary Madeline wasn't a whore, she wouldn't have the anointing, the christening that she would have in terms of anointing Jesus to become the Christ. That if it wasn't for her past, in terms of her being a prostitute, she wouldn't have she wouldn't have had the tools coming into enlightenment to become the feminine Christ. So you have to look at it in certain aspects of, yeah, you lived a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah, you, you did certain things that, that you know, the, the average person wouldn't be proud of. But you got to understand those things that the average person wouldn't be doing or didn't do, that the average person didn't experience, made you become your better self. That it made you tougher. That you're able to handle other situations that the average person wouldn't be able to handle. I'm not saying that makes you superior. But that makes you unique. And so with all of this being said. You must understand that you must accept those things that are in the dark. In order to come out in the light. And see the brighter your light. The darker your shadow. So anytime that you begin to rise. And you begin to shine. There's always going to be something. In your corner. That's going to be trying to pull you down. You got to be the one to come out on top. And so with all this being said. This all just narrows back down. To you becoming. Generator. Operator. And destroyer. So with that being said, 
I am the Omnius Rome. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Hopefully you got something out of this podcast episode. Share this podcast with other people if you feel like that it would be helpful, inspirational, motivational, whatever the scenario may be. Uh, make sure that you, again, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Check out my content on there. And also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Omnius Rome. All right. And make sure that you check out the poll that is below this podcast. So until next time, I'm Tyrone and I am.